0: Hello Cleveland, welcome to our first uh, breaking news edition of the 1085 Gridiron here in the 2019 offseason. Uh, the New York Giants and the Cleveland Browns have made a trade. Not the one that we were all hoping for, but uh, this seems to be a, a pretty solid trade for both sides. Uh, the New York Giants have traded pass rusher Olivier Vernon and picked 132 in the fourth round. To the Cleveland Browns for right guard Kevin Zeitler and pick number 155 in the fifth round. Um, you know, this was a, a kind of a sur- surprising move. Uh, it kind of means that they believe uh, Austin Corbett's ready to take over at right guard uh, unless they decide to address that in, you know, free agency or the draft uh, You know to build a little bit of competition there. But uh, when Corbett was selected last year, it was determined who'd probably be starting in a couple years or, or sooner. Um, Jack, when you're looking at this trade, and we're also being joined by uh, Stephen Thomas as well, but we'll get Jack in here first. Jack, when you're looking at this trade, uh, you know what? What were your first impressions when this news came down?
1: Well, the first impressions were, and this goes back to a couple of days ago. I seen that the New York Giants were looking to trade Olivier Vernon, but they didn't have any takers because of the contract. I'm thinking. The Browns are going after a pass rusher, and when Vernon's on the field, he's one of the best. And you look at all his numbers, and you go into the deep, like analytical statistics. Vernon's one of the best, even though his basic stats don't show it. Then you see that Kevin Zeitler's the guy going back, and obviously for like the last month or so, his name was floated around in trade rumors, including this week with the Beckham talk. Uh, hate to see Zeitler go, but. The Browns pretty much did what the Cleveland Indians didn't do, and that was trade a piece where they have some depth and used it to uh, capitalize on a position of need on the roster, which the Indians didn't do with their starting pitching. Uh, credit to Doug Maurice because he's the one that actually came up with that take first. But the Browns traded from their depth at the offensive line position and were able to address a need, and that was to add a quality pass rusher in Vernon.
0: Steven, looking at this trade, um, how, how do you look at it in terms of the offensive line? Because obviously they're going to ask Austin Corbett to uh, live up to his second-round pick uh, or second-round selection that he was last year, and they're going to ask Austin Corbett to step in. How do you think it really uh, impacts, impacts the offensive line and uh asked them to kind of re after they had so much success in the latter part of the twenty eighteen season.
2: Well, I mean I like I like the trade overall. Um because you know, I mean Vernon last year he ranked I don't I don't remember where, you know, like tenth or twelfth or somewhere and they were pretty high up. And that was being the guy. You know, he was the number one pass rusher over there. Now you're asking him to be the other guy. Miles is gonna be Drawing all the double teams and the left tackle, you know, which is traditionally the stronger tackle uh, from the other team. And he's going to, Vernon's going to get a lot of one on ones. Um, and, and there's a lot less pressure. There's a lot more opportunity as the other guy than there is as the guy. And I think he's going to thrive in that, especially when you throw Larry in the middle. And then I, you know, we all think they're going to add at least one, probably two top-notch other interior pass rushers there. But from our side, I mean, you never like to give up a a player like Kevin Zeitler. Just because you like the trade doesn't mean, you know, uh, that you're glad Zeitler's gone or, you know, he sucks. Or, you know, I mean, in the the Twitter age especially, it's such a one or the other thing that people make you try to believe you have to be. You don't like to give up Zeitler. But, uh, I mean, if if Corbett is – I don't know, eighty percent, ninety percent of uh, what Zeitler does, and apparently they believe that he can be. Then, I mean, you've lost, you know, what, ten million in cap there, because uh, Vernon comes off after next year or the year after. I haven't really studied the contracts yet, but if you can do that and add to your pass rush, make a ferocious pass rush, I think it's a, it's a, it's a tremendous move to make. To be perfectly honest, now you know that all banks on on austin corbett being the guy or you know if they don't think he's the guy this is a very strong interior offensive line class a lot of people have talked about that so you know if they don't think he's the guy they could go out and grab somebody in the second or third round and and plug them in because all of the um the the draft folks out there have been talking about the center class and the guard class and a lot of guys in this tackle class that they're talking about kicking inside. I mean, if you could grab, you know, if, if things fall a certain way, the rest of free agency and trades, and you could grab a Dalton Risner uh, at the 49th pick and kick him in to guard Risner would be incredibly nasty in that spot. So, I mean, I don't think they would do it if they didn't have full confidence. Uh, um, in austin corbett or who or whoever they have you know want to draft uh, to be in there so you don't like losing zeitler but i mean i'm sure they took baker mayfield's opinion into account i'm sure they talked to him i'm sure you know they weighed everything and overall i think the team got stronger with this trade as much as everybody likes kevin zeitler so i don't see how it's not viewed as a positive thing at least in the short term
0: when you look at the offensive line as a whole, Stephen, um, you know if you, you could say that Zeitler was probably above average in terms of, of being a right guard. If Austin Corbett is just average, how do you think that affects the the whole line? Just that kind of little drop there.
2: I, I don't think you know. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, and that's that's I think why they did it. If he's just average, as good as Zeitler was, you know, he's approaching thirty. Um, we have been talking for a year, uh, some people longer since he signed the contract, but for at least a year, we have been talking that after 2019, his contract might be, they might move on from his contract. Um, so maybe this is a year early, but you saw a chance to add a ferocious pass rusher to the other side. And you you thought that the benefits outweighed the negatives. And I mean, I think that's, that's the way you have to look at it. Let's say. You know Zeidler was, uh, you know, I, I don't know uh, what he grade out at seventy five or something like that this year. Let's say let's say Corbett comes in and grades out at seventy. Yeah, it's a little bit less, but for the addition on the pass rush on the other side, the overall roster is is much stronger. Um, and again, I don't think they're done. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna have any more offensive line moves, but this is the first of you know, likely multiple moves between now and the end of the weekend. And then who knows what they're going to do in free agency. So I I think if you can, as as long as Corbett doesn't go, you know, Cam Irving on us, I I think it's a win.
0: At least Cam Irving in the beginning, because Cam Irving now actually isn't too terrible uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Jack, uh, Jack Duffin wrote on your website, some of the salary cap implications. Wait a minute, I'm having a hard time saying the word. Impli- 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 Implications. Yeah, that word. Uh, <laughs> my God. You uh, wrote about some of those on, on your website, so if you want to give us the, the details of uh, how the salary cap is affected by this trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, Vernon, basically, once you add Zeitler's dead cap, which is $7.2 million because of the trade, Vernon's... Uh, contract now becomes a two-year 19.1 million per year that's on the annual average uh with the browns now uh vernon's dead cap with the giants was eight million he's scheduled to make 15 and a half million this year and next um but you know and i think it'll be easier if this doesn't work out he flops after this year i think the browns will be able to cut him and they'll have, they can only they'll take a small uh dead cap hit next year so you know, for the Browns, obviously Zeitler that dead cap is gonna hurt us a little bit, but in the end I think with as much cap space as we have, we have like eighty we had eighty one million prior to the trade. I don't know how much we have now, but um you can take chances like this and it won't affect us long term financially.
0: Uh it looks like we might have around seventy two based on the, the difference in, in contracts now. Uh, so it costs you about nine million to to make this deal in cap space. Uh, Steven, kind of the underrated uh, part of the deal, which you alluded to on Twitter, is that the Browns moved up uh, 23 spots in the draft. Uh, They gave up their fifth round pick, pick 155, and picked up uh, pick 132 in the fourth round, which they'll use pretty quickly there on uh, day three of the draft. Uh, What's your takeaway from that part of the trade?
2: I, th- I love that part of the trade. I mean, um, you know, everybody has been talking for a long time that the value in this draft is from about mid-day two through the fifth round. There's, you know, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round. There's going to be lots of really good football players. So now we have two thirds, two fourths, and two fifths. And these are guys that, you know, if you're, if you're looking at wide receiver, if you're looking at the middle of the tight end class, if you're looking at, you know, the middle of the edge class to get a young guy to to um, to groom behind Vernon or something like that. There's a lot of options. And the other thing that it could be, the other thing, the other possibility that it opens up is, I mean, we, every, we've all been talking in Browns Twitter, anybody listening knows we've been talking about trading up for Ed Oliver for, you know, what, months and months and months. And now you have an opportunity where if you want to, you could throw in I mean, you could really go whole hog. You could throw in a third, a fourth, and a fifth to move up from 17 to wherever it is that you want and still have a third, a fourth, and a fifth to attack the depth of this class, like we just talked about. So, no, I'm not suggesting that they do that. That's, you know, that might be overpaying. But my point is, you have a lot of options without hamstringing the rest of your draft class. So, if they wanted to move up for Annette Oliver or You know, I've seen some mocks where Quinn and Williams drops to seven or eight. And if he's there beyond five, I'm picking up the phone and offering a lot to go up and get Quinn and Williams, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I've seen Josh Allen fall in a few mocks. Maybe that, you know, who knows, whoever they like, but it gives you a lot of options and the worst. You know, what's the worst case scenario? You can't make a deal. You stay at 17, you grab a very good football player, and then you can maybe move up from 49 or move up from 80 or just make all the picks and you make, you know, add a bunch of really good football players. It's, I like moving up, and I even like more the fact that we gave up our fifth, not even the Jacksonville fifth, which is 11 spots higher than ours. We swapped our fifth with them, which is, I mean, you know, obviously Vernon and Zeitler are the headliners of this trade, but it's not something to be overlooked.
0: Most definitely, and, you know, it, you know, we always, uh, you know, obviously, you know, your name on Twitter is Browns by Draft. We always love to talk about drafts, and, and to gain, you know, 23 spots uh, from that fifth round to up in the fourth round, um, it should be interesting, you know, especially with who they were able, able to take last year in the fourth round, and Antonio Callaway, uh, who's had quite the impact on the Browns' offense this season. So, you know um, – Dorsey did a good job last year uh, hitting in those fourth and fifth rounds with players like Callaway and Jannard Avery. So it will be interesting to see where uh, th- where in this draft uh, Dorsey can strike and uh, hit some of that depth in the draft. Um, Jack, from the Vernon perspective, uh, just what do you think he adds to this defensive line and how does it affect the future of Emmanuel Ogbaugh?
1: Before I get to that, while we're recording, I just want to say the Browns just announced they have tendered Rashard Higgins, Jermaine Whitehead, and Trevon Coley. So those guys all got, um, Coley and Whitehead got exclusive rights free agents tenders and Higgins obviously got a restricted tender. We just don't know what yet. So, um, but in terms of Olivier Vernon, you know, the Browns, it was pretty much Miles Garrett in terms of pass rush. Um, you know, you had Jannard Avery and, you know, Jamie Collins had some uh, success on that end, but Emmanuel Agla has not panned out so far as a second-round pick. Um, so you're adding Olivier Vernon, who's had at least six and a half sacks in six out of his seven years in the in the pros, take away his rookie year. he And even if you just don't look at the sack numbers, he gets after the quarterback. 2015 in Miami he had 36 QB hits 2016 he had 23 2018 playing in only 11 games he had 21 QB hits so this guy knows how to get after the quarterback he's one of the best pass rushers in the league like I alluded to earlier and like Steven said earlier he was pretty much having to be the number one guy in Miami or with the New York Giants now he gets to be the number two guy behind Miles Garrett, who's coming into his own and is proving to be one of the best young pass rushers in the league. So, you know, you've seen people on Twitter talking about it. These two together on the defensive front, and then you add in Larry Ogunjobi and whoever else they're going to add in the interior. The Browns pass rush is shaping up to be very nasty for 2019 and perhaps 2020 and so on.
0: Uh, Steven, looking at Emmanuel Agba, uh... You would think with this trade, in certain situations, you could have all three of them out there uh, pass rushing the quarterback. You could kick Ogba inside uh, on third downs for a little bit of extra um, pass rush. But Where do you think this leaves him in terms of, of his long-term future with the Browns? Because he does need an extension uh, after next season. Uh, so where do you think this leaves him?
2: Well, I think he'd be... Um, I mean, we're still all hoping that he he progresses into the pass rusher that we all thought he would be. Obviously, that would be the best thing for everybody, but he, it just hasn't happened thus far. And um, so as depth, uh, much like we just talked about with Vernon moving from number one guy to to number two guy being an advantage, maybe being a depth piece uh, helps Emmanuel Ogba in the same way. Um, now, I think... Uh, we have all heard his name whispered in trade rumors, various trade rumors over the past couple of months. So I think there's a decent chance that he ends up on another roster before next year. He could be one of the moves uh, that's made here in the coming days and weeks. but if you if he if he does stick here as the third option and moving in, he does give you um, versatility because he can slide inside. I think he played, I think he played more than half of his snaps inside last year and he can come out in, on the outside in certain, uh, packages. So, uh, much like we've all been talking about with the defensive backfield, if you got guys that can play multiple positions up front, it allows you to disguise, uh, what's going to happen from the defense, uh, much more, uh, than if, You know, you look out and you see, oh, okay, Uh, Ogba's in. It's definitely a passing down. You know, I mean, you don't know. I mean, he can do whatever Uh, he can slide in, he can slide out. So I think as a depth piece, his value may go up. But I also think that he is one of the candidates uh, and I don't think I'm alone in thinking this, that uh, might be moved here. Uh, in the coming days and weeks. And uh, just something that just passed uh, here on Twitter. Uh, We've been looking at the linebacker market. Chargers just uh, extended Denzel Perriman, so he's off the market. So just wanted to throw that in while we were live here.
0: Uh, Yeah, to to kind of drive home the the depth point a little bit, Uh, last year uh, Miles Garrett had over 1,000 snaps. He had 1,012 snaps. Larry Yogan had 930 snaps. Jamie Collins at 1,067 snaps. So if you're able to cut Miles Garrett's snaps maybe by, oh, I don't know, 20% by, you know, having Ogba in there instead of him, uh, you know, that keeps Garrett a lot more fresh when it comes to crucial time in the fourth quarter. And uh, same with Vernon as well. So if you could use Ogba to spell both of those guys throughout the game, uh, it could be extremely beneficial for the Browns defense just in terms of staying uh, fresh throughout the entire game. Um, the last thing we wanted to, to talk about here uh, last night, we had a, a little bit of fun on Twitter and um, <laughs> to, to put it, the Ian Rapoport report of the NFL network reported that the Pittsburgh Steelers traded Antonio Brown to the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, first of all, that that kind of freaked everybody out, kind of laughing, saying, you know, that's what you get Antonio for for speaking out and wanting a trade, getting sent to football's version of Siberia, and uh, Antonio Brown commented on it saying fake news, uh, you know, which is a a term that's thrown out uh, a lot uh, here over the last few years, and from there, uh, Rappaport backtracked and said uh, the two sides have had discussions, but nothing is imminent at this time. So uh, it looks like Antonio Brown might not be headed to uh, Buffalo um, to play with Josh Allen, and there were plenty of those jokes that, that went around last night as well. Uh, Steven, where do you think Antonio ends up, and, and what was your kind of takeaway from this nonsense that went uh, went out last night?
2: Um. I, I don't know i it's I just love personally I just love the theater of it all and the fact that it happened and then didn't happen just made me giggle uh on a tremendous level especially because it didn't affect us at all um but as as far as where he ends up i at this point it would be a random guess at this point because he has poisoned the well so much I can't yeah, he's a great football player, and he still produces at an extremely high level. But man, he's crazy lately, the last week or so, is the only word you can use to describe the, the way his social media presence has been. And are you going to give up top assets for, for that? And if, if they're not getting top assets in return, are the Steelers going to give up on him? I I, I think if, if you force me to guess, if you pin me down and force me to guess right now, I would think the PR spin is going to have to be sometimes brothers fight, we're a brotherhood, it's no big deal, and he ends up in Pittsburgh again next year because I just don't think they're going to get the value for him that that he would deserve. And if they dump him, it sets a bad precedent, not only for their franchise, which has, as much as we hate them, you got to admit they're a top-run franchise for the past four or five decades. They're run with class and, and, and smarts and everything else. It's part of the reason why I hate them so much. Um, It's it's a bad precedent, not only for their franchise, but for the rest of the league, that if you go on social media and act like a wild man, you know, we'll dump you for less than we should get. So I loved it last night just from a spectacle standpoint. But, you know, I I I don't know what it says going forward for how things are going to be handled. Jack, how do you
0: think an Antonio Brown trade and the compensation that they might get could affect the value of, say, an Odell Beckham trade?
1: Um I think I think Beckham will definitely return, get more of a return just because he's younger. Um but if say for instance Pittsburgh gets a 2 and a 4 back for Antonio Brown, I think that would justify the Giants for asking not only for one first round pick but they're obviously uh, it's been reported that they're asking for two first round picks. So I don't know how much it would shake it up essentially because I think Beckham would definitely get more back in return. Um, So yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that. I just think Beckham would definitely get more return just because he is younger and there's still more prime years ahead for Beckham. And also Beckham's keeping his mouth shut and not demanding these things that Antonio Brown's been demanding through the media.
0: Well, you could say that Beckham's kind of been hinting at it with some of his social media posts, but not really throwing it out there and, and making
2: it public uh, per se.
0: All right, um, as we get on out yeah. here. Yeah, when was oh, the last
2: time you could? When was the last time you could say Odell Beckham was the quieter of two people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, that that's the level Antonio Brown has reached at this point. Odell is like being called the normal one at this point, so. And if we're going to touch on that, I, you know, if, if – and, and, you know, the rumors were rampant the last week. If we could somehow get out of it with only next year's first, I've been against the Odell trade because I think it's going to take two first. But if it could be, you know, a two this year and next year's first, which let's be honest, if they get Odell Beckham has a really good chance of being 25 or higher, I, I could see that. I, I mean, I could – I would not hate that deal in the least. You'd have to see the rest of the change, but – you know, if, if it's this year's second and next year's first, I got to tell you, I might pick up that check for Odell Beckham with Baker Mayfield.
0: And, and who knows that that pick in the first round next year could be picked number 32 if they were to get Odell. Uh, but we'll, we'll leave that for a different time. All right. Um, as we get on yep. get on out here, Stephen, uh, you want to go ahead and plug your social media and all that kind of stuff?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just at Browns Mock Draft, and I have uh, way too much free time. So if you want to jump over there and follow me, uh, I'd love to hear from you. I uh, do the mock draft every day, and that's it at Browns Mock Draft. All right, Jack, go ahead and plug your stuff. Before I do that, um, Richard Higgins, we uh,
1: said earlier, got a uh, tender as a restricted free agent. Um, it's been announced through the media that it's a, an original round tender. So if the Browns let him go to another team then don't match the offer sheet the browns will get a fifth round pick back in return which is kind of shocking i thought he would get at least a second round
2: tender. yeah interesting
1: um but as always follow me on twitter at j mccurry cle and check out my site the coast sports.com jack duffin from the paul brown international browns podcast has been uh doing some Brown's pieces for the site, and they've been a hit so far, positive and negative. But so go check those out, and also check out all the work that I do over there as well.
0: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Joki, J-O-K-I. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at 1085Gridiron. Uh, you can find a podcast on pretty much any platform imaginable, uh, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, and we would always ask you to subscribe, rate, and review it. And with that, most importantly, as we get on out of here, go Browns.